Welcome back to another episode of the Swing Hard Podcast. I am super excited about today because I've got a great friend here, Lisa. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, Barry, thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me. So let's get right into it because I know this is going to be an engaging conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, coupled with you beating me in a long drive competition, <laughs> we're going to go into a lot of different things. But maybe you can start by just telling us a little bit about your background, what you got you into golf, a little bit about your history with golf. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. My, so my dad was the golfer in the family, and he played, and uh, he wanted both my sister and I to join. And so he took me to one junior night when I was in about grade eight. Okay. And there were 60 boys and me, and the coach kind of you know took one look at me. He said, you know, Lisa, why don't you hit your six iron at the end of the range? And then he proceeded to work with the boys the rest of the evening. Wow. I, I think junior golf has just come so far since the 80s, if I'm wow. dating myself. And so, yeah, so I maybe played nine holes a year with my dad if he forced me. Yeah. And so I didn't really pick it up until my 20s when my boyfriend at the time, now husband, had just graduated from university. And as we all know, golf is a key business networking skill. Right. And so he didn't play. He grew up as a farm kid in rural Alberta. And so we went out to the local municipal courses, wherever we could afford to get on and play. And that's where my passion for golf started. Wow. So you went to a golf clinic or a school once in grade eight. Yep. See, this is new. I'm learning. Right. Yeah. You, you and I have been friends for how long? And you're a finding long out time. new things, right? right? And then, you know, not a great experience, which I'm glad and I agree with you that junior golf's coming a long ways. We've oh, got yeah. a long ways to go. Yeah. And we, and we could certainly talk a lot about that yes. as well. But then you didn't really, I mean, played once in a while periodically with your dad. Yes, that's it. And then it was, uh, you know what my big game changer was? In 1999, the LPGA came to Calgary and Calgary only gets the LPGA once, maybe every decade. Right. And so at the time it was the Demoria Classic back when, you know, cigarette companies yes, were allowed yes, to sponsor yes. sporting events. And uh, I was a 30 plus handicap, couldn't break a hundred to save my life. And wow. I was a marshal, which is kind of funny because as you know, Barry, yeah. uh, you know, holding the quiet sign might be a little <laughs> bit of an oxymoron for me. And, uh, but watching the best female players on the planet was so inspiring to me after that week I was like I want to compete in golf although I couldn't break 100 to save my life really that's how it started okay so let's let's go from the time that you started and yep. still you know you've had a great career you know a lot of I mean you're the eight-time Canadian long ball champion you've you've competed at the world championships yes. you've placed extremely well many times tell us a little bit about that because I think it's just remarkable it's something that's never been accomplished anywhere else you're from Calgary. You're a great friend. We want to hear more about that. Well, thank you. Well. Yeah, I'm so proud to be a born and raised Calgarian. Mm -hmm. And for me, like everyone asks me, you know, how did you get into long drive, right? right. And so uh, after the, the event in 1999, I competed in like the Alberta mid handicap, handicaps like 12 and up, much yep. up. And uh, and uh, I came kind of near, uh, you know, halfway, three quarters of the way through the pack, but I was hitting it 80 to 100 yards past the other girls. And, wow. and I always played with men, so I didn't know I was long until I played with ladies. And then by 2001, I just got my handicap down down to uh, like a, um, an 11, I think. And I just snuck into the Alberta amateur. Okay. And so I came near the end of the pack, but I was hitting it up to 50, 60 yards past some of the NCAA girls. Wow. And that's when I knew I was long. And I saw an advertisement for a long drive competition and I entered and I won with a 313 yard drive with a set of clubs from Costco. So no that's way. literally how it started. Plug for Costco. <laughs> <laughs> Not that they're ever going to see no, this, no, but no. that's okay. But that's amazing. So, you, I mean, you hit it straight, even with, you know, your long distance. Did you always hit it straight? Like even when you were kind of in the mid handicap range? Well, I think, I think for me, I, I always took a good rip at it. And I think that right. was the difference is that uh, my, my background is as, as a gymnast. So I competed in the sport of trampoline and tumbling before trampoline becoming an Olympic sport. So that sport is very much about explosive power, uh, speed, um, it, it flexibility balance yeah. all transferable to golf so I think that really helped me not only hit it straight but hit it a long way and 
And I think people think, well, oh, she just hits her driver far. Like when I'm at 155 yards, I'm using an eight iron. Whereas when I right. had done a Monday qualifier for the LPGA, uh, some of the girls were, were using a hybrid yeah. from 155, 160. So, right. you know, I'm coming in with a, with a lot shorter clubs, which are easier to control. But boy, oh boy, my short game, Barry, that could use some work. Then you and I need to be <laughs> yeah. practicing this next summer together. Exactly. Because I tell people like my best club in the bag and my, my team hears this all the time is driver. I usually hit it really straight. Oh, yeah. But I'll shank a wedge with the best of them all the time. Right. Right. right? <laughs> I know. Or, draw, you know, you, 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 uh, you, you um, on and two on a par five and three right. putt for par. Oh, yeah. Or four yeah. putt. Or, yeah. or yeah. four. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Make a bogey. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Um, I want to dive a little bit into some of the competitions you've had, because yep. I think, you know, that those are remarkable stories. Um, we want to hear a little bit more about that. Maybe tell us one of the best experiences you've ever had, whether it's Canadian, whether it's World Long Drive Championship. Tell us a little bit about some of those experiences. I, I would have to say it would be coming my top finish at the World Long Drive Championships. And there's so many, like winning my first national title. There's uh, winning my first tour event on the LDA Tour. Like there's right. so many neat events. But I, if I had to just pick one, it would be coming second in the world at the World Long Drive Championships in Mesquite, Nevada. Um, I had been competing in the sport of long drive for about 10 years at that point. And mm -hmm. everyone told me that, you know, Lisa, once you become a mom, you'll never be world class again. And so I, I, I always, it was too important to me not to become a mom. So I became a mommy in 2007. And then it was actually 2011 that I came second in the world. I lost by three yards to the five-time world long wow. drive champion, Sandra Carlberg from Sweden. So, oh man, but to Barry, to hit it over three in, you know, NFL football fields and lose by, you know, three strides, that was, that was tough to take. Absolutely. But, but yeah. just, but just to get there. And as I advanced through, and then to, to know that my son, like what a great story to tell my son that right. here I achieved my the top finish at world championships after becoming a mom. So I want to inspire other women to say, just because you're a mom doesn't mean you can't be world-class. Right. And you know, that's such a small margin and what yeah. people I don't think realize, I mean, maybe people do that are golfers, but the actual grid that you hit into, there's hot parts of those grids where the ball goes farther and how your ball actually lands. Like, For sure. you know, I've watched enough long drive. Yep. You've done it professionally. Yes. And man, some of the, some of the best, shots actually aren't rewarded like some of the poor shots in some regards just the way the ball hits in these grids no question no I question mean, three strides is really nothing all oh, right and drive, so right? it was so close but i i just was felt i was so proud i was so proud yeah, and, and just and again to advance through those rounds and 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 you know still to be competing to this day now of course covid has thrown a little bit of a wrench into it but the uh so the world long drive championships for the past several years has been run by the golf channel but yep. over covid golf channel restructured a little bit and unfortunately world long drive was a drop from their profile. So there's sort of been two uh, events that are kind of hosting uh, world-class long drive competitions. Uh, and one is the PLDA. So of course, Bryson DeChambeau right. uh, went straight from the Ryder Cup yep. to go compete. And uh, Which was I loved it. Unbelievable. I love that he would do that. That was that was huge for our sport that yeah. he did that. And so the, 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 that's called the PLDA. And they're actually moving the world long drive championships just for women this year to Japan. Wow. So that's a big change. So I've, I, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at what my competition schedule looks like. Unfortunately, it's the same weekend as the Canadian long drive championship. So I have okay. to make that choice as to which, which, uh, competition I want to, to compete in, but Oh, it right. would be, what an amazing experience it would be to go to Japan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just want to back up a minute. You said something that I think just exudes who you are and you said you became passionate about golf and I think everything you do is passion. It's one of the things I love about you the most 
some of the other things you become passionate about, we were talking about just before we started, you know, filming is some of these golf schools, some of the other things you've done for the golf industry is a fantastic ambassador, not only in Canada, but around the world. Tell us a little bit about some of the golf schools, because those are things I didn't even wear. I mean, I knew you were doing them here locally and, you know, we're doing a few other ones, but I mean, this has grown into something huge. It's it's unbelievable. You know, Barry, I noticed the need when I was, uh, I, I'm a golf entertainer at corporate and charity tournaments across North America. And at every event, it, there'd be anywhere from 75 to 85% of the attendees were men. And right. where were the women? The women were often back in the office doing the work while the guys were smartly doing the networking. Yeah. So I realized a real need. And when I started to talk to women, they said they were too intimidated. They said, I'm not good enough to go to a corporate or charity tournament. And I realized there was a need to help women get corporate and charity golf tournament ready or just to get out there and enjoy this great Have game. Fun. Have fun. Right. But they just take here some basics to get started and, and just again to help women. So I started a golf school just for women. It started in Calgary, here in Calgary, yeah. out at uh, Heritage Point, actually. Right. So and that's how it started. And then I, I started to see the need. So I expanded it. And I realized a lot of especially Canadians wanted to go south to work on their game in the winter. Right. So I, I do schools in Orlando and Phoenix. And then uh, this past year, I added uh, uh, Montreal, uh, Victoria and Kelowna. And then this upcoming year, I'm adding Toronto and Prince Edward Island. Wow. So and there's women who are from all across North America who I reach out to me daily, Barry, saying, oh, Lisa, when is your golf school? And I think women want a community. Women want yeah. a place where they right. feel welcome, where they feel safe, that we can learn and grow together. And I think that's been a big part of the success. Well, I, I still contend that one of the most difficult things about golf is that intimidation factor for no people question. that aren't golfers, yes. right? Like, you know, the, even though nobody's paying attention, and but it feels like you're in a fishbowl. So yes. getting, breaking those barriers down and building just an ounce of confidence and getting people a little bit more comfortable with how to hold a club, the proper way to stand. Some yeah. of those basics, I know that you're teaching those things. Absolutely. Those will break down the barriers and continue to grow the game, especially amongst women, which is fantastic. No question. And that's also why, Barry, uh, it, that, you know, I do volunteer and give back so much to this game because this game has given me so much. Right. And so one of the things I'm proud of as well is that I'm the uh, lead ambassador for Canada for Women's Golf Day since inception. So yep. since the first day, I've volunteered hundreds of hours to grow women's golf in Canada and women's golf day is just that it's a one day event to help women feel it's always the first Tuesday in June yep. to help women and I, there's so many courses uh, you know of course Heritage Point has hosted uh, great events and so many here that has uh, that have just done an incredible job welcoming women we have we have veterans that come we have brand new golfers that have never p- touched a club that they feel welcome to come and then as you said we break down those barriers yep. and kind of talk about because they're worried about the rules and etiquette what do I wear and what do where do I go right. and all of that, right? Yeah, and you know, you remind me, we've talked about the Women's Golf Day before and it's something we really need to work on expanding. And, For know, sure. Not only amongst our clubs, but you know, in general amongst the greater area, Calgary area and beyond. Because Absolutely. what a great opportunity. If they just have a good experience once, that's They're going to come is. back. They will. And I, I've heard uh, so many stories from women who have then gone on to purchase memberships or join leagues because they, they thought, oh my gosh, this was great. And they right. met wonderful women and they, you just, you don't know what you don't know. And that's yep. what women golf, women's golf day is to get women here comfortable. And again, sharing with newcomers and veterans so that we can, they have that great experience and come back. Well, and, and frankly, I mean, I don't want to you know talk about too much other things that we're working on, but it's one of the big things and the focus and emphasis for us at Launchpad. Yes. We want to have you know, junior and women's golf leagues and yep. opportunities where this is a casual entertainment environment where nobody's thinking about, 
you know, standing on a tee with potentially other people watching about exactly. how, how well you're doing doesn't matter at all. So yep. those barriers will continue to work on them. You mentioned something else that I just want to dive into a little bit from a, a keynote speaker standpoint. I know that's a, a big part and focus of what you've been doing over the last number of years. Tell us a little bit how you got into that and some of those great experiences you've had. Well, this is crazy. I was invited by the Oilman's Golf Tournament. It's a, a it's a great tournament that is hosting. Big event, huge, huge event. event. Right. And they asked me to do the golf portion, but they said, Lisa, we would like you as our keynote speaker. Do you do that? And I'm like, oh, um, yes, 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 I do. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I do now. Never done it, but sure. <laughs> so I, I worked my tail off to, to, to create and craft a speech to share my journey. Basically, the, the title of my signature keynote is Drive Determines Distance, because I truly believe knowing and being committed to what drives you determines how far you will go both personally and professionally. So I basically share my story of how I went from a 30 plus a high handicap recreational golfer yeah. to, to an eight time Canadian long drive champion ranked as high as second in the world. And what it is, is I share more about my, more about the, the failures. I learned, I've learned so much more from my failures than I ever have. From we my always success, do. We right? always do. And so I share that journey and I, I, I have had an opportunity to share my keynote all across North America at conferences and conventions. And what's great about it is that most uh, the majority of uh, keynote speakers are are men and then as, when you go to mixed audiences that are perhaps 50% male and female it's hard harder sometimes for a woman to resonate but it's great because the women in the audience resonate with me right. as sometimes being a woman in a man's world right. or like you know how to break down barriers and the guys are like they they're, they want to hear about my Jack Nicholas stories my Arnold right. Palmer stories and and they they're just so curious to learn about about you know my background and how I got into golf so I find it's been golf is that great topic that I've been able to bring both men and women in on the speaking side of things. Wow. You know, I've never heard one of your keynotes other than some clips that I've seen, yeah. uh, you know, digitally on video, but man, I'd love to hear it because I, I will make sure you get invited to the next local one we have. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned something just right now, briefly, two legends, Jack Nicholas oh. and Arnold Palmer, maybe two of the biggest names ever. You have experiences with them that you could share a little oh, bit about? Oh, uh, unbelievable. So I'll start with my Jack Nicholas story. Yeah, let's so, hear it. So uh, in addition, so again, so, so I kind of had this accidental career, Barry. So I started off, I believe teaching is a vocation, a calling. So right. I started off as an elementary school teacher and I've taught elementary and junior high, absolutely passionate about teaching. And then I had, I discovered this weird freaky... How, how long did you do that for? How oh, long were you goodness. So for? I started that, that would have been in uh, 1997 and I yeah. taught for about eight years okay. before I started competing wow. at an international level. And then when you start competing at a world-class level, I couldn't... I had to make a choice. You can't do both. You can't do both. Right. And my, and my right. husband, I, I didn't know which to do because I would have had to resign my school teaching position. And my husband said, Lisa, you have a limited chance to be the best in the world in something. And so go for it. So, which is amazing. So he's been so supportive. So I resigned my school teaching position, but all of a sudden, then all of, I have this opportunity to, to do keynote speaking, golf yep. entertaining, running right. golf schools. And then something else that has come along is being a, a school teacher. The, I, was, I was approached by a major metropolitan newspaper to start writing a weekly golf column. So I became a golf journalist. Well, in my role as a golf journalist. I was at the Telus Skins game in Whistler, British Columbia. And uh, it was this unbelievable experience. And uh, all of a sudden, the, the players that were at the event were Big John Daly, Vijay yep. Singh, uh, uh, Stephen Ames, and yep. um, uh, Jack Nicholas, the golden bear himself. And it was just this unbelievable experience that he shared with us. His passion for fly fishing in British Columbia and Alberta. He feels that we should rein back technologies. He said, let's stop making golf courses longer and longer. He thinks we should rein back technology. Yep. He actually shared with us <laughs> that 
the time, the recent loss of his grandchild in a uh, hot tub accident, which was just so sad. Mm. And, um, and, and so we just, we had this experience. Oh, and then Barry, he pulls outside of his pocket. This would have been one week before he played at St. Andrews. I believe it was 2005, his swan song to competitive golf at, at the British Open. Right. And he pulls out this blue five pound British note and his likeness is on it. It's got both of his, his British Open wins, all wow. his scores, an image of himself and his uh, Jack Nicholas Golden Bear logo. And he's the first non-royal to be featured on Scottish currency. And he, he said we could take a picture, but he said, you know, he said, uh, just if you don't mind not posting it till after the British Open right. starts. And so having this intimate experience with him, and then I got to meet him afterwards and get a photo with him. He was delightful. Oh. So Jack Nicholas uh, was just <clears throat> unbelievable. I was so happy to meet him. You know, um, that's amazing. I love hearing that. I was actually in Whistler in September. Okay, this past September. Yeah, and those four names, uh, VJ, yeah. Jack, Stephen, yeah. their golf bags are still in the pro shop. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Uh, did you see any bears? When you were on the course? We didn't see any bears, yeah. So I was doing a corporate outing at Whistler, like also in September. Yeah. I saw five bears on there, five different holes. There's a ton of them there. I know and, there is. And they just, now I will say the bear had great etiquette. He was walking on the apron. <laughs> he walked on the apron. He didn't walk across the green, but it was, it was an experience. And then yeah. you would ask about my Arnold Palmer story. Yeah, let's hear about that. This is quite the story. So um, I was, uh, my my husband, his, his bucket list course, I have, I've shared with you today, you know, how, how supportive my husband was. So, you know, how do you thank someone like that? So I took me 13 months months, Barry, to save up enough money, just very quietly. So squirrel it away that my husband didn't see it. Yeah. And in a way I shouldn't have done it. Cause now my husband knows how much I can squirrel if I actually put my mind to it, <laughs> but I squirreled, it took me 13 months. I squirreled enough to pay for a trip to Pebble beach. Well, wow. he was over the moon. So we walk into the pro shop and the, and the lady at the desk says, Oh, she says, Oh, uh, um, and she's, I said, we have a tea time at uh, 1230. She said, 1230, Mr. And Mrs. Bluswick. I say, yes. And she said, great. You're joining the Smith too. So I'm like, thank you. And she's like, well, you're playing behind Mr. Lester, uh, Mr. Frederickson, Mr. Palmer. We're like, Oh, great. Thank Thanks very much for telling me. We walk out to the first hole on Pebble Beach, no and who is standing? Way. Mr. Palmer. Because these are the people who play Pebble Beach on right. a regular basis, right. right? So, oh my goodness. Like, my husband's like, wow, that's really cool. I'm like, well, we're going to go say hi. He's like, no, Lisa, we're not going to say hi to Arnold Palmer. I'm like, oh, yes, we are. Dang, 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 dang. Hi, Mr. Palmer. My name's Lisa. I'm from Canada. And, you know, he was so kind. No wonder there's Arnie's army. No wonder he's the king. He greeted us. He took a photo with us on the first tee. And I got to watch Arnold Palmer hit off the first tee at Pebble Beach. He takes out his driver, absolutely splits the fairway. We're all clap, 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 clap. Dead straight. So, exactly. So, all, you know, he kind of waves to us. And, you know, even though it's like a Wednesday afternoon, not right, the, you know, the right. U.S. Open. So off he goes. And then it's our it's our turn to, to hit. And uh, it was quite funny because the the uh, I had the Smith twosome come up. And I got this, something that I get all the time is that uh, sometimes two general gentlemen will find out that they're playing with me. And they're like, oh, great. I got paired with the chick, right? You know, I'm playing my bucket Little list. do they know. Little do they know, right? So <laughs> it's awesome. So anyway, so I ended up, we tossed the tee. Who would go first? It lands on me. I step back to the blues you know, one up from the tees, uh, up from, from right. the tips. And the guys kind of do a double take, but they don't say anything. Starter comes over to me, a little long in the tooth. He's like 110. Uh, excuse me, little missy, the uh, ladies' tees are up there. Oh, and boy. I'm like, oh, thank you so much, but my handicap indicates I should play from the blue. No, no, all ladies need to play from the ladies' tees. And no. I thought, Barry, I thought I didn't just pay 500 yeah. US, US, uh, uh, you know, at a 67 cent Canadian dollar right. to play from the, you know, right. you know, 5,200 yards. So anyway, I went back to the blues and and so now i was uh so the the group mr palmer's group is it's a the first hole at pebble beach is a dog leg right yeah. so they're standing at the corner yeah. hitting their approach shots and then um the starter says to me play away 
And I said, well, actually, they're still in range. He looks at me. He looks at my club, which I was using a fairy wood at this point. I didn't want to hit it through the corner. And he knows Mr. Palmer hit driver. And you could see steam coming out of his ears. And he said, and he said, we take the pace of play very seriously here at Pebble oh, Beach. Wow. After two warnings, you can be removed from, from the course, da, 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 da. Well, after all of this hullabaloo, and of course, now there's people coming to watch. Now the corner's cleared. So I'm standing over my ball berry. And the only thing I'm thinking is, please don't call top. And I was going to say, you're please nervous don't. at this I'm point, totally right? Nervous at I would have been shaking, knees right. shaking. Anyway, look. Luckily, I ripped it down the pipe and I looked back at the starter. And the only thing he says to me, don't hit it into Mr. Palmer. Not good shot, not anything else. So, oh, I wish you would have blown him a kiss. Right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so like those two experiences, unbelievable. So you played Pebble Beach. I've been there as well. Oh. You know, one of the things I remember, and I don't yeah. know if you remember this or if it's stuck in your mind, but it's continually something I reflect back to when I think about Pebble, is how small the green complex is. Oh, are. yes. I Right? And when you're coming in, and then yeah. I noticed that, and then I for in, I don't know why I thought this. I kind of thought there'd be more ocean. Like, so right. the first, you know. You kind of go inland, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and gorgeous homes. Let's right. be clear that, right. line, you know, 17 mile drive there. But I was like, oh, huh. and then you turn the corner on three and it's like, wow. Right. And then you come back after 10 and you go back in. Yeah. And, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, it's magical because you've watched how many U.S. Opens there or, you know, how many right. of the PGA tournaments. And to, that's what I love about playing those bucket list courses yeah. is that you will see them again and again on the PGA Tour and go, oh, hey, I was behind that yeah, tree. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, all I remember is like, I'm not sure I even hit hardly a green. Like, because the green complexes they were, were so, so small. No. And, and you're and, nervous. And I had a caddy, right. you know, your caddy. Yeah, 100%. And, right? But my caddy kept handing me driver. But I, I try to be more conservative sometimes. But basically he said, you hit it, I'll find it. He <laughs> So, which was funny because that's yeah. not normally my full, like in my full game, I'll be more responsible. Right. If I know if, if I can't get home in a par five and two, I'll, you know, I'll play, you know, smart golf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. So did you end up seeing, um, uh, Arnold Palmer after like throughout the round at all? No, or? you know, so, so basically uh, I think they kind of gave him a little bit of extra, like, so what, once we then oh, okay. teed off and stuff, they right. kind of, and he right. was in a, a smaller group. So right. that I, I unfortunately didn't get to see him again, but interestingly enough, I was at the PGA show one year and I had a chance to tee it up <laughs> at, um, Oh my goodness, his golf course at Bay Hill at Bay Hill. And now I didn't get to see him while I was there, but my playing partner took a picture of me doing a backflip. See that, back, that gymnastics background comes in handy every once in a while. So I did a backflip in front of the, one you of the, you can still do backflips today oh, to this day. Oh yeah. No question. Even at 31 years old. Oh uh, yes. 31. That's right. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, it was so funny. So I did this backflip in front of the, in front of the Bay Hill sign. Right. And, and so my, uh, the, the, the member who had brought me, uh, took a picture Unbeknownst to me, I in the mail about three weeks later, I get this package from Bay Hill. Yeah. I open it up. It's an autographed picture of Mr. Palmer. Wow. And it's a blown up eight by ten of me doing the backflip in front with an Arnold Palmer signed no it. Way. So the member brought it to Arnold Palmer. He was so tickled. He signed it for me wow. and wrote it and then sent it back. Like, isn't that like that's who Arnold Palmer? That yeah. is who Arnold Palmer. I mean, you see, you hear these stories, yep. right? But these little tidbit yeah they're just remarkable right yeah. like just amazing yeah. just amazing love it okay um want to talk about a couple more things one main thing because this is personal to me yeah um but one of the things i wanted to mention is i kind of dovetail into this topic is you're the first person i believe ever to hit it over 350 yards in competition woman i yeah i'm first the first woman, woman. yeah first, first woman, woman. Yeah. so i was right. the first woman uh, and i only count obviously a sanctioned tour event right, so i right. was in albuquerque new mexico <laughs> and i hit it 350 yards uh two feet two inches i was the first woman to, to ever go over that that 350 yard barrier which right. i was so proud of at the time and uh, because it was just it felt like butter you know when you hit that and i think any golfer who's listening can relate to this that feeling when it feels like butter it feels completely effortless just perfect 
perfect. It felt perfect, dead yeah. solid perfect. And so that was that shot. So why I wanted to mention that is I've experienced that. You and I have gone head to head in a long drive competition. <laughs> and and you know what? Like I hit it fairly long. Like you I'm 43 long. now. Barry, you are sneaky long. Right. But, um, and I've lost distance. There's no question. And I'm not making excuses. I can't excuses, even imagine what you did hit it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you, you and I, I think we, not this last summer, the summer before, yeah, that's right. late was, in the year. Yeah, that's right. We had a long drive competition. I'm going to let you share the experience. And then we're also going to maybe redo that again in 2022. Oh, I, my I game like has been coming back someone to Someone wants a, a rematch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I better get out to launch pad and start hitting balls then exactly. uh, this winter. Yeah. But yeah, so you and I, we went to the, the loop, which I, right. in my opinion, I think the loop is the best kept secret in, in Calgary golf. It's that, fun. It's a par three, a par four, and a par five. Yeah. And of all 30 holes on the Heritage Point property, I would say that that the third hole might be that's my second favorite only to uh to the to the ninth hole uh uh on heritage is right that's yeah right. so so that that little we did we went to the loop we went to the third hole and we start ripping drivers and we had spotters on either side yeah and we had cameras and we had spotters so it was legit yeah and i believe i took you in the first round by a few yards in the first round right. and then you took me in the second round right and then in the third round boom i got i got a good one in there yeah. and again but you and i were pretty darn close there the, the third round actually was not very close. I think oh, was it you, not close? No, I think you blew was by I me do? like okay. 20 oh, yards. Yes. It sounded yes. better for what we're okay. talking about. But, but I do but. know we were close. Okay, you're right. We were yeah. close the first two rounds. And then I think I, I did hit a really, really solid one, that third one. And well, stuck I'm going to be by. ready in 2022. Okay, bring it on. 20, I like when, it. When we, when we did it, I, I had been taking quite a hiatus from golf with a back injury. Yeah. But uh, it's starting to You've come back a little bit. You've been working on your game. Been working on a little bit. Okay, okay. I'm going to go up there and Superman it and see if I can hit a few good ones. I love it. I love it. Well, um, Lisa, this is remarkable. We could sit here all day long and share experiences and stories without question. You're the best. Keep doing what you're doing. We are proud to have you not only in Calgary, but Canada as one of the best ambassadors. I know Callaway loves you. I know people at Callaway, they speak so highly of you and all the remarkable people that you work with. It's n hardly like the amount of times your name gets brought up in conversations, <laughs> especially here where, where your home is, is just remarkable. So Thank you for everything. Thank you, Barry. Yeah. I'm so honored and I'm so honored to be part of the golf community, not only in Calgary, but in Canada. Thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Swing Hard Podcast. We're going to bring Lisa back again sometime for sure. If you're not subscribed, please do so. We'd appreciate it. We'll be back soon with another episode.